Welcome to a new episode of the Leading Yourself Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here for a new episode this week. And this week, I want to share with you one of the sessions from the Thrive Conference. In this particular session, I'm having a conversation with my friend Priscilla Archangel on the topic of leadership inner circle. We talk about what it is, what role you play in your inner circle, and what are the components that you need for this circle to thrive. So let's dig in into this week's podcast episode. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves, those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Welcome everyone to our first session of day two. I cannot be more delighted to kick off day two with my dear friend Priscilla Archangel. Welcome Priscilla, it's such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much, Carolina. I am so excited uh, about your conference. I you know, shared it with a lot of my colleagues via social media. Um, but uh, first of all, your commitment to the topic and the way you're celebrating you know, your milestone with this topic. And I'm just passionate about leaders thriving, not just surviving, but thriving. And so I'm so excited that you're doing this and that you've invited me to join you. Yeah, and the theme of the conference is Thrive. That's actually the word that I pick for this year. So every year at the beginning of the year, when I do my annual reflection, I pick a word for the year, kind of like something to inspire me during the year. Mm -hmm. And this year, that's the word that I picked. And then it was easy to name the conference after that word. And with a milestone birthday, I, I keep saying, you know, people say 40 and fabulous, and I said 40 and thriving. And that has been my motto this year um, and definitely has helped keeping the energy up and the motivation in the midst of everything that is going on. So, well, yeah, in the midst of 18 months into a pandemic and everything else that is going on, it is quite frankly a struggle for some people to not just survive, but thrive. So to the extent that you are thriving, it's wonderful and it's a model for others. And you know, think about each one, reach one. And so you're pulling others along with you. And so that's tremendous. So before we talk about today's topic, there might be people that are attending the conference that might not know you. So can you talk a little bit about yourself Sure, sure. Thank you. So I'm a leadership development consultant, and my motto is developing successful leaders. And I got to this point after the first part of my career, which was 30 years in the automotive industry in global human resources and organizational development leadership roles, where everything I looked at, and so think about, you know, what's your passion and, and you know, what's, what's the perspective that you use? So 
everything I was doing, I was looking at it through the eyes of what are leaders doing? What are their behaviors? What are their values? How successful are they? How, how are they struggling? What looks easy for some and what looks difficult for others? And how do I support leaders and coach leaders to their own greatness? Because I believe everybody has their own unique purpose and uh, their own unique passions. And so, and sometimes we kind of get caught up in doing that over there because somebody else is, is doing it and it looks fun and looks good, but that's not the right thing for me. That's not where I will be successful. So nonetheless, it was learning more about leaders on an individual basis and helping them achieve their own individual greatness. And uh, so after the, you know, many years of experience in the auto industry at one of the OEMs, I decided to kind of take my show on the road because it, it, that was becoming about 30% of my role. And I really wanted it to be more like 80% of my role. And uh, so that's what I get to do now, which is the, the, the favorite thing from my prior work. So I've been uh, a consultant now for about eight years. And basically I coach leaders, I consult with leadership teams, I facilitate leadership training, speaking, writing, my newest book. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to, to talking about that a little bit. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, leader Vantage. And, and it's all about how can I support leaders to be their best? Because I believe leadership is influence and everything rises and falls on leadership. So uh, that's, that's, that's what fuels me. That's uh, what my passion is. And that's the impact I'm trying to make in those around me. I mean, you definitely are a role model and an inspiration. Like I know we met through in forums and years ago and we immediately connected because we share that passion. And I've been following you since. And, you know, every week when you post your blogs and your articles is really inspiring. And your book, like in your workbooks, you have a link to the page where you can order a copy of the book, but I so much recommend this book. Like it's all the nuggets of information that are here and tips to help you be a more successful leader. Like it's, it's full of them everywhere, everywhere. What inspired you to write this book right now? Because it launched in the middle of the pandemic. I know it was a pre-pandemic yes. project, but Yes. What inspired you to write the book right now? So part of it is along the way, as I work with different leaders, or as I read about leadership challenges, or as I observe what's going on in different organizations with leaders, that becomes the inkling of my inspiration. You know, how would, how would I advise someone to approach this? How would I consult with someone or work with someone to handle this, that, or the other situation? And so writing for me is kind of cathartic. It's a way of you know, expressing my thoughts, my feelings. Um, it's a way of talking to people in ways that, could, that are hopefully constructive to them. And so over time, it's like I can't not write, all right? And so it, it, it just kind of comes up, bubbles up. What can I share with people now that might be helpful to them in some way? And so I, can't, I just keep writing these. And, and, and as you well know, Carolina, each, um, each chapter in the book is really brief. It's about three or four pages because it's a nugget of information. Um, I'd say just read one a day. You don't need to set aside even half an hour, but just read one a day. And the point is that it will challenge you to sit and think um, about your own values, your, your perspectives as a leader, your traits as a leader, your purpose as a leader, your ideas as a leader. 
in ways that will help you show up better day by day by day. And so that's, that's what led me to the book. Yeah, well, let me tell you that you did accomplish that with this book. It's, it's really, you know, there, there's been chapters in the book that I read and I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. And then I keep thinking about it for a week. And, and the, the nice piece with being short and concise and really having that nugget of information is that it's actionable at the same time. Right. And you can go and apply in a very simple way um, some things that they seem simple and small, but they can make such a big impact in the way that you show up as a leader. Mm-hmm. And talking about that, you know, we, as we were trying to pick a topic for the conference today in this theme about thriving and personal growth and leadership development, we, we were talking about this concept of the inner circle, which is one of the chapters in the book. Let's start by just what is the inner circle? What, where does this come from? Can you explain it maybe a little bit high level and then we can go a little bit deeper into the different components of it? Yeah, sure. So one of my inspirations for this inner circle topic is a quote by John Wooden or Wooden. And I'm not a basketball fan, so I may be mis- mispronouncing his name, but what he is also known for is his perspective on leadership. And he's the He's the former head coach. He's deceased now of the University of California, uh, Los Angeles team from 1948 to 1975. So that's a long time to be head coach. So you can imagine he must have been pretty good to be able to be in the role for that long. So um, among, you know, many, among much of his leadership writings was a quote, you will never outperform your inner circle. You'll never outperform your inner circle. And that also got me thinking about um, attire. So, you know, we're both in, you know, in, in the automotive industry a little bit. So, so tires are, it, it's something, you know, people can see it's round, but it's held onto the vehicle and it, and it goes, it comes together by a series of spokes that connect the outer rim to the inner rim, okay? And those spokes have to be well-connected they have to be strong, they have to be solid and firm for that wheel, that tire, that wheel to roll, okay? And only when you're rolling do you make progress, do you get somewhere, okay? And so as I thought about that inner circle, it's like what should those spokes consist of to strengthen your wheel so that you can roll and make progress and get somewhere, okay? So the leader is like the central hub in the wheel. Um, And that rim forms a circle around your leadership team and it defines your inner circle. And so thus your ability to really move forward with your initiatives is dependent upon the strength and the structural reliability of the spokes that you're connected to. Um, And you should be seen as a unit, okay? and the uh, parts that function together, but uh, you should be seen as a full unit, but you can only be as strong as your weakest link. So it's important to make sure that you're strengthening your inner circle. That is so powerful. You know, when, when I read the title of the chapter, Inner Circle and how to build your inner circle, one of the things that came to mind before I started reading is 
we keep hearing that you are the combination of the five people that you surround yourself with. And recently I heard a, a slightly different version of that, that you are the average of the expectations of the five people that are closer to you. And I think when, when I read to that quote that you said of, you will never outperform your inner circle, like it all started to click. And as I was reading, I'm like, yeah, I can put a lot of energy in who I surround myself with, which is very important, right? Who you surround yourself with, but what role do I play in that circle? And what are the elements that I need to really leverage that circle of people that are around me? Because I can mingle with people, right? Like that are better than me, people that have high expectations of me, people that challenge me. Um, But if I don't take the reins of of those relationships, I'm not going to see the benefits, right? And a lot of people say, yeah, I, I, I surround myself by people that are smarter than me, and, but I don't see any change or anything. And I'm like, well, are you taking an active role in those relationships, right? And when I read this chapter, I'm like, gosh, this is like the recipe for a leader on how, how you make that circle really strong to your point, like it's as strong as the weakest link. And sometimes you need to ask yourself, am I the weakest link? Yes, very good self-reflective question. Because a lot of times we always look around, right? But we don't look inwards to say, what role do I play? And, and am I a, a strong player in this circle? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about what are those elements in this wheel? What are the things that we need for, for this wheel to really move us forward? Great. So there are five spokes that I want to share with you. And I'm, I'm excited about this. So the first one is alignment. And that means that you have to have alignment in your inner circle around the vision, the mission, the shared goals and objectives of the organization of your team, okay? Um, and this is kind of the core philosophies or your why. And I love Simon Sinek when he talks about why. Um, It's the purpose, it's the cause, it's the belief that inspires you and your organization to do what you do. And you've got to make sure that your inner circle is involved in those discussions around the direction of your organization and that they all fully understand each piece of the puzzle so that they can see the bigger picture. Um, One thing is some leaders sometimes just want to dictate down and say, you know, this is what it has to be but you really have to have two-way communication channels. You have to open up topics for debate, for respectful disagreement, because that's where you hear perspectives that quite frankly, you will not have thought of, and you may not agree with, but you may learn from them and they may have value. And so you have to have that continual dialogue. And if there's disagreement around the vision and the mission, It's like kind of go in the room and hash it out and work through it, okay? Because if it just festers in the background, what you'll see is things start to break down. Things won't um, work. You won't be achieving your objectives. And if you don't know that you don't have full buy-in or alignment, you won't understand that until it's kind of almost too late. So it's better to sit down and really work through it, talk through it, and gain alignment 
and then be able to go out of the room figuratively, everyone focusing on the same thing. And if there's a question later, come back together and, and continue that discussion, but make sure you get those disagreements and those debates out in the open with respect to get through it. That's so powerful because when, when you talked about the wheel, I'm thinking if every piece of that wheel is going in a different direction and you have forces pulling in different directions, then you don't move from the same spot where you are. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs That's to be true. pulling in the same direction. That's true. I like that example because, you know, it, it, just what you said, people can be working hard, but pulling in opposite directions and nothing's going to get done. Right. So let's let's agree where we're going, how we're going to get there and pull together because then you get there twice as fast. Yeah. And don't assume. Right. I think a lot of times we have those things so clear in our minds that we think it's clear for everybody else. And we just because we are thinking about it, we think everyone already knows. And, and a lot of times I find myself I do that sometimes like, oh, it's it's clear. I've already communicated what the vision is. Like, it's clear. We're all moving in the same direction. But when you're having those discussions, you find out that maybe it's not the case. Yeah, that's a good point because sometimes it's clear in my mind because I've had the discussion over and over again with myself. Okay. Right. And I may say it once or, my, or I may talk about it three times with my team. But what we need to do is talk about it 10 times. We need to, to dig under the covers and work through what it means and what the implications are so that everyone really grasps it and everyone begins to own it because they find a way of providing input to it as well. So I don't even need to think it through all by myself, not at all, but sub submit it to the team and let the team work through it because once they buy into it and once they pick through every part of it, they grasp it and it becomes their own and they want to drive it forward. Yep. So powerful. Good. So do you want to talk about the second one now? Yeah. All right. That is teamwork. So the second part of uh, your spoke, the second spoke to make sure you have a strong wheel to move forward is teamwork. And that's about collaboration and everyone bringing complementary skills to the table. So as I thought about this topic, um, at the point I was writing this, um, the NBA finals for the gazillionth year, probably, you know, between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, in essence, between LeBron James and Steph Curry, okay? And they met for four consecutive years for the playoffs between 2015 and 2018. But as huge as they both are as basketball stars, and, and you know, if you ever had the discussion with anyone, it was it, it wasn't maybe even so much what team are you playing for, were you rooting for, but which player are you rooting for, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they have kind of outsized personalities in terms of their basketball capabilities. But the entire team on each side has to play. It's not just the two of them. It's not just LeBron and Steph, but the entire team has to play. And everybody has to perform according to their position, and, and work with their teammates to effectively win. So as critical as either man may be to their team's success, they still can't win the games or the championship by themselves. So tell me why some leaders think they can play their role and everybody else's role too. 
because you can't. Right. But as the hub, you have to act as the coach or the captain of the team, and it all comes together around you. But every person has to excel at and perform their assigned function. Yeah. And how many times, especially new leaders, like I remember my first like leadership role that I had, I was, it was, it felt so hard to kind of teach others, right? It was like, oh, it's so much easier and quicker if I just do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing all the things by yourself and it's kind of like a snowball, right? Like you can do that only for so long and not only you're gonna burn out, but also you are priving others from the opportunity to learn and grow and for them to contribute in a bigger way that you can even contribute. So it's like an investment, right? I always say is cost versus investment. If you do it by yourself, you're just spending the time doing it. If you teach someone, you're investing in making that sustainable over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that analogy, the cost versus the investment. Yeah, and there's so much that we can learn from sports to your analogies. I love how much you use those examples in the book because it's something that everyone can relate to. Even if you don't play a sport, like you can relate to these stories and there's so much to learn from from sports that we can translate into business or any other area in life. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so so we, we have alignment, we have teamwork, and then number three would be the third one is integrity. Integrity. So that's the standard of trust really that holds everyone accountable. Um, so if the structural integrity of one of the spokes is below the minimum design quality, it's going to break and it's going to damage the entire system of the wheel. So these same structural boundaries apply to behaviors in your inner circle. And as the leader, you have to model the acceptable behaviors and clearly identify those which are improper. And that may be ethical behaviors, moral behaviors, daily behavioral norms, okay? And your team has to know that anyone who violates those standards will be dealt with in some appropriate way. And lack of trust in any of these areas weakens the fabric of the team. So... You know, for instance, it might be showing disrespect to a team member. Um, It might be um, being untruthful to a team member. It could be failing to fulfill your accountabilities in terms of some information that you said you would provide or a project that would be completed by a certain time because everyone is depending on it. It could be any one of those things, but that breaks down the structural integrity of the team. Wow. And that is just the tip of the iceberg, right? Because this whole topic of integrity and trust, like we can be talking for hours just about that. But if someone is dealing with integrity challenges in their team, where to start? What, what is something that you can do to identify are is the integrity compromise in the team and and how can they get it back in track i think a lot of times we when we 
see these types of things, like the examples that you said, we always look at it as a conflict that we're trying to avoid, is a difficult conversation that we're trying to avoid. I see that a lot in leaders, like, you know, it's not black and white all the time. So it's, it's, it's difficult to tackle. Um, what might be maybe one tip that you would give people how, how to? Yeah, that's an excellent question too. And the first thing that I think about is look in the mirror at yourself, okay? So, you know, the tendency is, oh, something's wrong with you in the team because, you know, you, uh, your integrity is at issue. But I say look in the mirror at yourself because what are you modeling, all right? What behave if, if the team knows that you're cutting corners on something else, then they, they'll feel it's okay to cut corners, okay? Because they see you doing it. Or if you tell that little white lie, oh, the project's almost done and everybody knows that it's got a ways to go. The team knows what you're doing and they will, they will not do as you say, they will do as you do. Mm -hmm. right? And they're watching you as the leader, they're watching Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So check your own behavior and what you are modeling. And when you see an opportunity that you need to make an improvement, draw the line and do that. And then tell the team, you know what? I have been behaving in a way that is not appropriate and I'm focused on changing now. And so you should not see this anymore. And if you do, you can call me on it. And the point is that will make them take notice. Oh, the leader isn't gonna do this anymore. I guess I shouldn't try to get away with it either. But the first thing is start with yourself. Good question. So powerful. And I also really like what you said, basically giving permission to everyone in the team to call you out, regardless of what role you play in the team. Like even if you are the leader of that team, giving the team the permission to call you out if they see those things. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have alignment, we have teamwork, we have integrity. And the fourth one is culture. Culture. Sure that culture is clearly defined to ensure the right fit. So think about when you're considering a new role, whether in your current organization or in a brand new organization. One of the first things you wanna understand is what's the culture of the organization? Because you wanna figure out, are you gonna be a good fit, right? So in, in the interview process or in the consideration process, you're trying to figure out, do leaders communicate effectively? How are decisions made? Um, how does the organization differentiate between simply good employees versus great employees? Um, what do people like and dislike about working there? And so all of these are things that within your inner circle, you need to purposefully discuss and define and develop the culture of your inner circle on these topics. And then as you're considering candidates to, to join your team, um, include the members of your inner circle in the interview process to ensure their ability to work all well together. So it's culture, clearly defining it to ensure the right fit. What, what role do you, from your point of view, the leader or anyone in the team plays in shaping that culture? A lot of times we talk about organizational culture as is, oh, that's the company, that's not me, that's you know, I, I might agree or might not agree with certain parts of it, but it's, it's a company thing. It's not a me thing. But at the end of the day, the culture is the sum of the people, right? It, it's not an abstract thing, a poster in a wall, as we used to say. So what role do the teammates 
play in shaping that culture or changing that culture if the culture is not what they think it should be or what they think will help them be successful? So certainly the organization has a culture, good, bad, or indifferent, um, that exists based upon the leadership of that organization. So look, look to the C-suite. And then every function or department or you know, however, however the organization is structured has their own subculture as part of it. So, you know, if I'm, you know, three layers down from the CEO, I may not be able to impact how the CEO is leading the culture of the organization. But within that broader culture, I can certainly impact my own team. All right. And again, it starts with how I, as a leader, choose to uh, adopt certain values and express my behaviors in the organization. It could be something as simple as, am I on time to meetings, all right? Versus am I always 10 minutes late? Well, then all sorts of meetings will start later. You know, it, people will get lax and things. It could be um, how I hold myself accountable for deliverables, how I hold my inner circle, uh, the people, the spokes around me, how I hold them accountable for deliverables and how I expect them to hold their direct reports accountable for deliverables. So based upon who I am as the leader of whatever level of the organization, how I choose to behave, um, the values that I express as being, you know, and again, think ethics and morals too. You know, some people may say, well, you know, it's, it's not the company's you know, place to dictate my morals, no, but still you have your own morals and you have your own ethics. And so what, what are they and how are you showing up every day to evidence them? Because people are looking at you, people are paying attention, um, the jokes you crack, the things that you talk about doing in your off hours, um, the way you treat people, that's huge. Uh, just because maybe there is a, a, someone in your team who's challenged in some way, are you showing them respect or are you showing them disrespect? People pay attention to that. And again, they will do what you do, not what you say, all right? Because what you do is how you are rewarding others in the organization for their behaviors. And so everyone intrinsically begins to know who gets the reward and what those rewards look like. And I'm not just talking financial rewards, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it's, the, it's the friendliness, it's the, the interactions. People understand what those rewards are and they will follow what they need to do to get rewards, so. Yeah, so good. Okay, and the fifth and last component of that one. Yes, yes, it's so that's development. And so developing and nurturing the growth of your inner circle. So think about just like a wheel needs to be maintained and the tire surrounding it has to be inflated properly. Your inner circle needs maintenance and care. And so you have to nurture the growth and development of your inner circle, not only for succession planning purposes, but also for the personal and professional development of the members. So one thing to do is watch for signs of weakness and take some action to shore it up. So if you saw your tire getting flat, 
you you know be putting some air into it pretty quickly because if not, you're gonna have a blowout on the freeway or something, okay? So when you see signs of weakness, take some swift action to shore it up. And it could be weakness in, in terms of somebody's capabilities. How can you help boost their capabilities in, in an area? It could be their capacity, they're overwhelmed or you know, oversubscribed in terms of projects. How can you make adjustments there? Um, leverage their strengths, talk about op opportunities for development, invest in a coach for them or help them find a mentor or provide a key experience or a developmental assignment for your inner circle. But you want them to be continually growing. So think about there's a, there's a level of pressure that exists in a tire, okay? Um, it's, it's pressure of the air against the, the walls. And you know there's, there's also the pressure of the vehicle weighing it down, but it thrives to a degree in that pressure. Um, and so that pressure is like exerting growth for your inner circle team members. So develop them. That is one of my favorite ones, of course. I think, you know, the whole model is so, so powerful. It's like, it's, it's like I said at the beginning, it's like your recipe of the things that you own that you need to be intentional about if you want to keep that, that team really thriving, right? It's not just surviving, as you said at the beginning, but really thriving. Mm -hmm. And so, Question, Priscilla, if someone looks at this model and like, oh yeah, that all makes sense. Where do I start? How do I use this model? How can we take this model into a practical, tactical way and say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do something different. Where mm -hmm. do I start? That's a great question. I would say that you should start by sitting down and evaluating your inner circle, your team. And you know these these are five spokes, and the reality is you may have you know three people or ten people on your on your team as direct reports to you. Okay, but sit down person by person and evaluate the members of your team. Um, this is this is looking at what their strengths are in these five areas, where they need to grow in these five areas, and quite frankly, how are you again modeling the behaviors that you want them to exhibit. But as you identify the growth areas for each member, then what is it you need to do to help them raise the bar? There may be some behaviors that it's a matter of you sharing with the whole team that helps everybody grow, kind of uh, raising everyone up. Or you might work with some team members individually on specific topics. And you know, you're, you're already, I'm sure, doing uh, performance reviews with them. A performance review isn't just to check the box, go through the motions, um, but an, a performance review is an in-depth discussion on you know, their strengths, their capabilities, their, their dreams, their goals, their desires, um, where they need to develop and improve. And everybody, all of us should be focusing on some area of development as long as we're alive. We've got to be growing in some area. So what is that? And talk about it. The other thing is, you can introduce this concept to your entire team. Um, there's, re read the book, uh, there's a model for it, uh, but introduce the concept and have them think about it. And it's available, the book is available on Amazon or on my website. Um, and you have the link in your workbook. You just click on the book and it will take you to the page where you can get a copy. Great, great, thank you. 
but start by introducing it to your team and then evaluate them in terms of their strengths in these areas. I love it. Now let's, I'm sure that there's people watching right now that maybe they are beginning their career. They have maybe an interest to go into a leadership path, but they're not yet there. They don't have a team that they're leading. Maybe they, their role is to be a member, part of the team. If someone is in that situation, what can they do to contribute to the strength of this inner circle? then they can make sure that they are exhibiting the strong traits of an inner circle, all right? In all that they do and all their interactions with their colleagues and with their leader, how are they exhibit, exhibiting these capabilities as part of the inner circle? So let's face it, leaders as they look for um, people on their team who are ready for promotional opportunities, the easiest ones are the people who are most ready, okay? Now, you know, what, once you get that promotion, then you're kind of the least ready for the next level, okay? Because you're, you're new to the level. Right. You're but, you know, present yourself as, it, as being ready to take on the next level of responsibility. Talk about the work that you do from a leadership standpoint. Uh, talk about how you are leading your colleagues because leaders are not just someone who has, who has people reporting to them. You can be an individual contributor, so to speak, but still be leading others through influence. So how are you using your influence to lead others around you? So that's where you start. Awesome. I, I love it, Priscilla. This, um, again, is so, it's simple. It's common sense, you would say. You read it and you're like, okay, yeah, this makes sense but is not common practice. Like many of the, the leadership principles that are most impactful in the surface, they seem simple and common sense, but they are typically the hardest to put in practice in a consistent way. Because you know when you start, you might be motivated and, and you start doing all the things. And then over time, it's hard to sustain that and be consistent. And consistency is so important with all of the things that we talk, like teamwork and culture and integrity. If you're not consistent, all the work that you put in for months and years can be gone in days. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that consistency. Um, as leaders, we are looking for people who are consistent. You can be great today, but if tomorrow I'm not sure, I, that compromises the structural integrity of my inner team. I need you to be consistent. I need you to be consistently strong uh, performer all the time. That's what I look for. Yeah. Then your model is reliable. Otherwise, again, yeah. it's it will be, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about how people can connect with you. We yeah. said in the workbook, we have the link to the book, we have the link to your webpage. Um, if someone wants to learn more about you, wants to get in contact with you, maybe bring you in to work in their organizations, in their teams, yeah. or with them individually, how can they reach out to you? Certainly. So you can go to my website, PriscillaArchangel.com. 
Um, you can send me an email, Priscilla at PriscillaArchangel.com. Reach out to me in any one of those ways, and I'd be happy to set up some time to talk more about your spe uh, specific need, your particular opportunity to see if there's a way that we can support you. And one of the things is I like to work collaboratively. Um, I, I, don't, I never like working with a client where we have to kind of keep the same thing going all the time. I want to bring my client's uh, level of uh, expertise up so that the next time around, it's a new issue um, or, and a different issue. But I, it, for me, it's about transferring learning and transferring knowledge and transferring understanding so that you will grow, so that you will develop. And, uh, and then we can always work on some new and different things. But I love to lift others up. And you certainly do. Yes, I said before, you're inspiration and a role model. And I can be more blessed that you're here today. I know you're in the middle of a lot of customer engagements with a very tight agenda. And the fact that you made the time to be here and share with all of us those insights, um, I'm very, very grateful. I, I greatly appreciate and I'm thankful that you invited me to share with your with your group today, Carolina, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. And, you know, Priscilla, the, the event is completely free for everyone to join. There was an option for people to make donations. I thought, okay, this is the way I want to celebrate my birthday, but I also want to give back to charity. So on your behalf, I will be donating 500 meals to Feeding America just for you being here and sharing with us. Um, it's, it's the least that I can do and um, in a way that it's also helping. And I know you're also very much supportive of all of these different causes. So thank you so much for being here. Well, I am so, that is an excellent charity. And feeding the hungry is one of the topics that is important to my heart and my husband and I try to, to give to charities as well. So I so appreciate you doing that. That is wonderful, Carolina. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Priscilla, for, for being here today. Thank you. My pleasure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to get access to the remaining sessions of the Thrive Conference, and now you can do it completely free. We had people like Scott Miller and Anthony Trucks and Kay Sheffield's General and many others that spoke at the Thrive Conference. It was an amazing couple of days and now you can watch on demand completely free using the link on the show notes of this podcast episode. So don't miss it. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you again here for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.